Back now with more Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Now, before the break, we checked in with the city of Chicago about the city's new climate action plan. And we're going to keep the Earth Day conversation going as we check in with the agency whose mission it is to study Earth from space. We're talking about NASA. They've helped scientists track changes big and small when it comes to land masses, sea levels, and our climate. With us now is NASA Earth scientist Bridget Seegers. Bridget, welcome to Reset. Happy Earth Day. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So when most people think of NASA, right, they might think of space exploration and other planets, not necessarily Earth or even climate change. But NASA has actually been studying Earth for a long time, right? Yeah, that's right. A lot of people are surprised to find out that part of NASA's original mission was to study the Earth from space. And we've had satellites in space for over 50 years, keeping track of all sorts of different variables. We're looking at the atmosphere, the ocean, land, how land use has changed, where there are forests, now there's cities, and all of those types of uh, changes that we can see. Can you tell us more about your day-to-day as an Earth scientist with NASA? Sure, yeah. So I actually am part of NASA's Ocean Ecology Lab, and I do a lot of work with um, water uh, quality. So I'm looking at little teeny microscopic organisms called cyanobacteria, um, but they're really common in our oceans and in our lakes. One of the big issues we have with those is that they can produce um, a toxin, and they make the lakes uh, dangerous to either swim and another big issue is their drinking water source. So with the NASA data that I'm interacting with, We're creating a product so you can watch each day as the satellites go around and kind of get an estimate of these toxic bacteria. And then Mm -hmm. we can warn people, hey, you know, put up the close the beach signs or treat the waters to keep everyone healthy and happy. And, uh, yeah, it's a great way to spend the days. So talk more about NASA's connection to Earth Day specifically. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, you know, Earth Day is the time to, one, remind everyone we have an amazing amount of Earth science going on at NASA, and then, two, we're providing all sorts of information and understanding about the Earth. And as we study the Earth, it's not just, you know, the oceans and the trees and the atmosphere, but we're also studying humans and what we're up to. So it's really important to remind us that we're part of this system. You know, it's not just the nature around us, but how we're interacting with that. Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, kind of, empowering people to respond to that information. In the five decades that NASA has been studying the Earth, and then, of course, the more than five decades since the first Earth Day back in 1970, what have you learned when it comes to the climate crisis? Yeah, there's all sorts of things that we've noticed that have been tied to the climate crisis. So some of the big observations that we can make with the satellites include, you know, watching the sea ice and the loss of sea ice and also the ice caps. We can also measure sea level rise. We're noticing all sorts of changes in weather patterns. We're having more intense droughts. Uh, Wildfires is another uh, event that we can keep track of with the satellites. And then, of course, these big intense storms and hurricanes, all of that are observations that we can make with the satellites. You mentioned, Bridget, that your work focuses on the oceans and lakes, right? So that's something that we are definitely concerned about here in the Midwest with the Great Lakes. We can see Lake Michigan right outside the WBEZ windows, in fact. So is there anything that you can tell us about NASA's research that may be specific to the Midwest? Yeah, definitely. And that's really great. You get a view of Lake Michigan. Ah, It's It's a beautiful beautiful body of water. It's (laughs) beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because we have that global perspective, um, the NASA satellites, we can kind of focus on different 
issues in different regions. And some of the big ones in the Midwest have to do with these changing weather patterns. So we're getting very intense rainstorms now, which is leading to flooding in the area. And then also, you know, a lot of the farmers in the area are worried about the droughts and how we're tending to get longer droughts or very intense rain. So it's like more extremes. And those are things that uh, we're watching out for and trying to understand what's driving that. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, you know, NASA's got more than two dozen satellites orbiting the Earth measuring things like, you know, changes in oceans or carbon dioxide levels. That data helps NASA develop technologies used to adapt to climate change. So are there any climate technologies that make you hopeful, Bridget? I mean, I think the really big one for uh, for NASA is just the information and getting information to people so yeah. they can respond to it. So we have all sorts of different products focused on that. And we're doing a better job... I know we used to have like data really designed for scientists to do research, but now we're creating tools for everybody to use. So we have a new tool for wildfires. You can go each day and see what the satellites have seen and see if there's a wildfire popping That's up. Cool. We have tools for water quality. We actually have a phone app for our cyanobacteria. So, you know, if you're trying wow. to go for a swim somewhere in the Midwest, you can pull up that cyan app and you can look at all the lakes in the area and get an estimate of what type of water quality is going on. So definitely like empowering people by getting them information. I think that's a great way to help us, you know, respond to climate and inform people about it. So you said that so much of what you do is about giving info out to regular folks, right? Not just scientists so that they can make their own decisions. So what kind of actions do you want to see people take? Yeah, I mean, actions can take all sorts of different forms. You know, some people are ready to commit to really big actions, you know, getting involved, maybe talking to local decision makers. And then other actions might be, you know, smaller. Maybe you're going to decide to ride your bike a little bit more. The important thing, I think, is to be aware that you're part of the system. Like, even if you don't want to acknowledge it, you have a big impact. And so making those choices, learning about which of these issues are closest to you, be it water quality or climate, and then figuring out, you know, the changes you can make and then hopefully inspire others as well. You've got a a number of Earth science missions this year. Is there one that you're most excited about? There's a lot of great missions. It's so fun to be at NASA. Every year you're getting a new type of data set, it feels like. And uh, we have a big mission in our lab that's called PACE. So P-A-C-E, and the P stands for plankton, and then aerosols, clouds, and the ocean ecosystem. Um, and it's an exciting mission. You know, it's going to connect these different systems. So it's going to a whole new type of data for the oceans, also the atmosphere, and, you know, those are big pieces of the puzzle for climate. So with this new data, with the PACE mission, we're going to hopefully, you know, figure out some of these piece, pieces of the puzzle a bit clearer. You know, NASA's got a few Earth Day activities going on today. So remind us, where can folks learn more and take part? Yeah, NASA has some great information online. We have nasa.gov slash Earth Day. There's events all day long, um, you know, more live conversations, great data to check out. And, um, yeah, inform yourself and hopefully feel empowered on this Earth Day. That's NASA expert and Earth scientist Bridget Seegers. Bridget, thank you so much for making the time. Oh, great chatting with you. Have a happy Earth Day. You too. While NASA studies the Earth and climate change by looking down from space, our next guest aims to raise awareness of the climate crisis by looking up. So joining us now is Ben Whitehouse, an artist and the founding executive director of Sky Day. Hi, Ben. Welcome back to Reset. Thanks so much for having me. Remind us what Sky Day is all about. 
Yeah, so we at Skyday are a collaboration of scientists, artists, and educators, and we're trying to imagine new ways of talking about climate and atmosphere that will help. And one of the ways we do this is to talk about our beautiful and dynamic sky, because how we interact with our sky is crucial. We talk about how our sky is really beautiful, but not just to look at, but beautiful in the way it supports all life and protects us from the harshness of space. Two very important functions our sky performs. We talk about how it isn't just something high up there, but something that's all around us. It's in our schools and in our homes and in our parks. It's the air we breathe and the water we drink. And we explain about how we treat the sky, whether it's in London or in Chicago, impacts the sky in Colorado and Sydney because our sky is this one continuous shared space. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, the most amazing thing about our sky, the way it wraps completely around our planet so that everybody can experience it and share it. You, you can't say that about mountain experience or even ocean experience. Mm -hmm. I know people who've never been to the ocean. But you can certainly say that about sky experience. Our sky is that one natural resource that truly connects us all. All you have to do is look up or yeah. just breathe in. Something anyone can do. You know, why would you say, Ben, that it's important to study the sky from down here on Earth? It's, it's in, important to have a connection to the sky because connection leads to caring. And caring leads to positive actions. It's so easy to live our busy lives and not even notice that we've got this incredibly thin, life-sustaining blanket right above us, um, which is impacted about the, by the things that we do each day. And by, by beginning that connection and reaching out and reaching up and looking up, um, there's the possibility that we can start to do the one thing that we really all need to do, which is to check in with our environment um, regularly. You know, what? one of the things that's so wonderful about putting our project called Skyday Project, which is a, a global citizen artwork in which schools all around the world look up and take photographs of the sky, mm -hmm. one of the things that was so exciting about putting it on the International Space Station, which was something that uh, one of our teammates, Nicole Stott, was able to help us with, okay. is that the astronauts could be high above the sky looking down and the kids could be looking up and everyone meet in the middle about an, ex an interesting conversation about how important this natural resource is to all of us. Because the, and that was important to me because the International Space Station is this wonderful life sustaining little object, much like our planet is. You know, I've gotten to see a lot, I've gotten to meet uh, astronauts and get to know what it feels like to be up there looking down at our beautiful planet in space. Right. And, you know, they, they, it, it, there's this cognitive shift that takes place with many of them, almost all of them really, where looking down at this precious life-sustaining planet that's blanketed by a really thin atmosphere um, fills their hearts with a sense of love of people and of planet wow. and they can see how delicately balanced this incredible planet is how vulnerable it is and how thin this atmosphere we call a sky is yeah. 
Um, and because they're living in another life-sustaining little tube up there, they talk about how even though people come from all different kinds of cultures to work up there, scientists, engineers, they're doing their research, their own work, but everybody also has to be responsible for the health of the life support system they are all relying on. So every day they have to check in with the water supply mm -hmm. and the air supply and whatever they're doing with recycling. Um, and, and, and it's such a wonderful metaphor, the International Space Station, for how we need to live down here on Earth, that we need to check in with our environment and right. make sure we're taking great care of it everybody's benefit. Yeah, well, I want to share something with you. We found this clip, Ben, from the very first Earth Day back in 1970 with CBS's Walter Cronkite. Uh, he was checking in with reporters in Boston, L.A., New York, and here in Chicago. In terms of air pollution, Chicago ranks close to the top nationally, which isn't much to sing about, but that they did at a mass rally in the loop to mark Earth Day. Over 4,000 persons came to listen to the singing and the speeches, much less than what was expected. Among the recommendations to improve the environment, the establishment of pollution courts to quickly try offenders, and the elimination of the internal combustion engine, a suggestion no doubt aimed at purifying the city's often choking atmosphere. So, then today, a lot of Earth Day coverage is more local, right? TV stations aren't, <laughs> they aren't sending reporters across the country. Uh, and it seems like while the climate crisis has gotten more urgent, our approach to Earth Day has grown less urgent. So, briefly, how do you think things have changed in the past 52 years? Goodness, that's a great question. Well, um, sadly, our carbon emissions haven't been positively changed much by all the efforts we've all been making, and that is a sad fact. But I am optimistic about the future because there are so many brilliant scientists and so many brilliant new technologies being created. There are so many people, and you don't hear about all the work they're doing, which is why it's so important that you have people like Dr. Seegers on today to help people understand what these thousands and thousands, millions of people are doing to try to help and change the situation. The fact is, and this isn't my idea, smarter people than me explain this, what we're really dealing with is a technology problem. It's partly a behavior problem, but yeah. it's really a technology problem. It, it, there's nothing wrong with people's desire to want to drive around and see their family. There's nothing wrong with wanting to fly to have new experiences and to see new things. What's wrong is the technologies that we're using to do those things. Yeah. That's what we've got to fix. We're using old, old technology. Got to bring it up so, to the times. Yeah. So the, the one thing that we can all do, it seems to me, and it seems to smarter people than me, if we really want to move the needle, is to let our leaders know that they must invest in new sustainable technologies for generating energy and support new businesses that um, are creating the technologies of the future, new ways for cars to be defined, mm -hmm. new ways for airplanes to be defined, new ways to build things. 
frankly, it's a business problem, and the solution is investing in great businesses that do those things. And yeah. I think that that is a winning message. That's a pro-business message. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's a grow this economy message, and I think that's the one to get behind. So yeah. if you're listening, anybody out there, and you're depressed, that you keep hearing in the news so many dreadful things. Know that there are people doing really hard work and right. don't get down. Get organized. Talk to your leaders. Talk to your family. Join and in. Do your part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll have to leave it there, Ben. That is uh, Ben Whitehouse. He's an artist and the founding executive director of the Sky Day Project. Thank you so much for checking in with us. Great advice. Very nice to be there. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.